Hi, my name is Dana Koyas, and you're listening to a podcast put on by Roasted Pepper Studios, where we talk to photographers about their business. And this week, we're talking to Eric Yunkin, a photographer out of Fort Worth. Eric, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're very welcome, Dana. It's good to be here. Well, Eric, I have to admit, I pretty much cyber-stalked you uh, as much as I could, and I'm really impressed by your, your work, your photography, and and you're obviously at a place where a lot of people want to be. Where did it all start? Uh, could you repeat that last question? I'm sorry, we're cutting out there. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, I was just kind of wondering. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I was wondering where you started from. Well, th- this is an interesting story, and I think it's going to have relevance to where we're going later. So let me let me start with this. I'm going to actually start to my early childhood. I'm going to make it quick. So. Basically, when I was a kid, I was uh, I was very, you know, I'm 45 years old at this point. And when I was a kid, um, I struggled with attention deficit disorder in the worst way. And we found that out when I was, uh, went to first grade. And my parents had put me through all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, uh, tests with do- different doctors. And they came to the conclusion that, that I just had a really hard time focusing. So I was, but on the flip side, we realized how creative I was at that point. You know, I was picking out show tunes, you know, cartoons on the piano, you know, when I was four years old. Just very musical, uh, very creative, but yet I had a hard time concentrating. So, and where I'm going with that is as I progressed and and got older, I realized that, you know, uh, that creativity was what helped calm me down. Um, And and just the fact of of being able to create, create something uh, you know, write a song, because later I became a musician. So my whole life has been about creativity, because that was the way I compensated for the other inadequacies, inadequacies that I had. So, you know, it made me really strong in that department. And one of the things that the doctor said about me was, hey, when Eric walks into a room, or, or a forest, for that matter, instead of just being able to look at the forest and and, and love the beauty that he sees... Eric's going to see everything screaming at him. So basically, as a kid, that kind of that analogy pretty much hits it right on the head. I would walk, I'd walk into a room, everything would scream at me. Somebody sharpening another pencil, somebody ruffling a you know a piece of paper, throwing it in the trash, you know, a bird outside the windowsill, you know. So all these things were were a detriment to me, and I had to deal with it and learn how to put them all in their place. Now, where I'm going with this is that as I you know, uh, I don't want to get into the music just yet, but that kind of, that has a lot of relevance to where I am right now as a photographer. But, you know, uh, what I've been able to do is is walk in a room as a, as a portrait photographer or a wedding photographer, uh, any job that I may have, and see everything immediately. Like a, a very heightened sense of awareness when I when I walk into a room or I'm working with somebody. I see everything very quickly. And I've learned that I ha- that's my limitations, but I've learned to deal with that and take advantage of that. So I'm basically known for this guy that can walk in a room and, and walk into an environment and create something out of nothing. And that basically just comes from, like I said, having the struggles as a kid that I went through that that made me focus on, on other things to comp- as, a, as a sort of compensation, if that makes sense. So I'm just kind of, And the reason I'm bringing this up is to... You know, you said you enjoyed my work, which I appreciate. I just wanted you to understand that, uh, you know, me as a person, as a as an artist, kind of where it all came from. Where would you say your business started? 
Well, the business started, um, I'm going to start with the fact that I was a musician, touring, I was opening up for Kid Rock, I mean, I had a band, I was a rock and roller, um, I've been marketing myself forever, and I realized that my music was keeping me on the road and away from my family, I've, you know, I had a, a baby coming at that time, and this is, you know, 12 years ago or so, and, and uh, I realized that I needed to put my creativity into something that w- would enable me to be home with my family, and, and not, you know, uh, rock the boat with my relationship with my wife, so... What I ended up doing is is deciding, because I always loved taking pictures. My dad was a good photographer. Uh, I decided that that was the direction that I wanted to go in, that you know, I knew because of my creativity I would be able to do this. Now, the, the one thing that I was concerned about was the, uh, the lighting aspects and the, the mathematics and the aperture shutter speed relationships and things like that. Um, because, as you know, Dana, that's a, you know, that's a big part of what we do as photographers is understanding how to manipulate the light. And uh, that was a, a, a big importance and a big motivating factor uh, for me to go, to go into photography because I knew that I wanted to be a master of those situations and, and, that, uh, and that system of light. But to make a long story short, I got my degree in photography in New York, and I learned every aspect that I could of lighting. And one of the one of the things that I did was early on was decide, okay, I know I'm this super creative guy, and that's that's really me, but I've got to put a harness on it, a muzzle, if you will. So what I did was decided I was going to just study light until I felt like I, you know, was a master of that particular thing. So I just uh, I remember doing projects for school and 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 assignments and and not being creative because I was so focused on the lighting being perfect. I wasn't worried about composition, the things that I probably should have been thinking about because I knew that my ADD would get the best of me. I, I'd end up trying to do too much, trying to you know think of too many things, and it was just going to, you know, I was going to short circuit. So what I did is I, I really worked on my lighting. And, and again, once I felt like I understood that, I uh, went to the creative route, then finally let myself, let my wings start flapping, if you will, with my creativity. I said, okay, now let's get creative. It was Pretty, it's very systematic how I went about my business. I knew, with, for example, I would have no business at all unless I was the, I was at the top of the food chain as a photographer. See, I've always had high lofty goals. I had it in music. I had it in photography. Um, if I've always felt that for myself that I wanted to be the best at whatever I did, and so that's always that's always driven me. Uh, and it has nothing to do with looking down on anybody else for what they do. I, it's just something that I do with myself. I compete against myself to be the best that I can be, and and I know my limitations and how I'm, and, and I know basically the route I have to take uh, to get myself in that situation. And that's exactly why I focused on lighting first because I knew creativity was already my bailiwick. So anyway, it, start, it started with that, and uh, you know, obviously the business was a secondary. It was about being the best that I could be before I could even have a business. What 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 route did you take after school? Like, how did you how did you start that business? Is it like you call up your friends and say, "Hey, I'm a photographer now"? Like, how, how does that look? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, quite honestly, um, I started taking uh, ideas that I had that I've been collecting uh, certain uh, certain settings and. Uh, ideas that I had, for example, you know, like, you know, snow falling on a Russian bride, you know, uh, just 
interesting things that I had in my head. And I and I knew that I didn't have the snow to do these shots, but I would I would set things up and experiment. I would hire models or I'd get models to work with me. We would we would uh, you know exchange our services. And they knew that I was experimenting, uh, but again, like I said, I did a lot of a lot of work on my own in my home with mannequins, with lighting, with grids, with snoots, with you know everything you can imagine, different you know modifiers to try to understand how light fell, and that was something that was important. And again, then I the next step obviously was to do the, was to do this outdoors and learn how you know ambient lighting mixes with your you know with your fabricated lighting and and color temperatures and CTOs and all those good things so but basically I just had fun you know I, I was very technical and I enjoyed that being a guy you know how us guys are we're a little bit scientific at times and and uh, so I had a I had a lot of fun with just the uh, you know the, the mathematics the shutter speed aperture relationships and you know the the different gels and and whatnot what they can do with certain Kelvin settings and so basically all those things is what I'm getting at I worked on uh, for free basically for the most part with different models and different friends and things like that and I would and I would do these shoots and 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 then I'd present my work uh, not only to uh, people that were mentoring me at the time but uh, different magazines or whatnot, different, uh, you know, uh, awards, things like that, different uh, competitions. And and I just learned, I learned very quickly that, that obviously I had the drive and the uh, ability to do this. So I was thankful for that because I needed something. I, I'd been in music since I was 14 years old, playing clubs, sneaking in the back. My dad had taken me and dropped me off the back of these uh, clubs, teen clubs, and I was, before I was even in high school. So, you know, uh, music was all I ever knew. Uh, you know, I had songs on the radio, and, and I loved it. But I walked away cold turkey to be home with my family. And, and again, I was very systematic in my approach. I knew that if I was going to do it, I wouldn't be happy just being a hack. I would have to be the best that I could be. What was it like when you made your first dollar? That's an incredible feeling, obviously, when you've worked hard, you've booked a little gig, and and you've gotten paid. I think that's the first thing... Uh, that happens for a photographer or anybody who's trying to start a business, and they go, "Wow, okay, that's a that's a step in the right direction," and it motivates you to keep going. Now, as you know, there's a lot of uh, ups and downs and things like that. There's a lot of expend expenditures, overhead uh, with starting a business, a lot of headaches, especially in the portrait world and the wedding world, in which I'm known uh, for my, my for my abilities. But that's where all the issues come. Um, is obviously when those things start hitting and you don't know how to handle it. When things started coming and you start to have all those questions of, okay, now what I do next? Uh, you know, a lot of people start with doing photography part-time. They still have a day job and they try to work in how to balance their time and energy and, and where they spend their money on. Uh, exactly. What what kind of experience did you have? Like, were you... Were you in photography full-time right away, or did you have a day job at the time where you're trying to, to balance the two? Good question. I know that's an important question as well. Um, actually, um, I had, had money coming in from music that enabled me to kind of pursue uh, the photography. And, I, you know, and again, I, uh, so I really didn't have a day job, to be completely honest with you. It was pretty much full-throttle photography. Um, you know, so that, that really was a blessing, but I, again, I had things that I did, but they didn't consume my time. You know, I, you know, I bought and, you know, I'm a, I'm a, 
my my family also deals in antiques and and things like that. So I, you know, I would buy and sell antiques. I'd do whatever I had to do to to kind of help kind of pay our bills, if you will. You have to do whatever it takes to to make that dollar to to do what you uh, to allow you to do what you want to do, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And it's it's tough. It really is. It's a a difficult thing to do to jump into another career for people. Uh, luckily for me, it wasn't as hard as it is for a lot of people, just based on the where I was at, at, at that point in my life. So, so before before you started the, into photography, you know what what were your expectations or what were you striving for? You know, you you mentioned that you wanted to be the best, but like, did you picture yourself like taking pictures for Sports Illustrated or or did you or did you always? Yes. Think about the, like the wedding career. It's funny you say that. Actually, as anybody who just starts out, you know you you don't really know what it is your your strength is per se. I mean, you have things that you enjoy. It's kind of like a, a college student, you know, trying to pick a major. You know, you just really don't necessarily know. Uh, and I, when I started, I just did a little bit of everything. I do a lot of commercial work. Uh, you know, I, one of my first projects for school was, you know, to use water, and I backlit the water, and, and I did kind of a mowing sink ad. Uh, you know, of course, it was a mock ad. I wasn't paid for for that work, but I remember doing it and really enjoying, you know, the uh, that commercial end and that product end and thinking I was going to go into go into that. And then I did, and I still do dabble in that. But, again, it, it wasn't until I started working more with people that I realized that I enjoyed um, – I just didn't. I felt like I worked well with people, and and quite honestly, I, I liked facial analysis, looking at looking at you know different shapes of faces, bodies, and 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 using light to kind of uh, manipulate that shape within that frame. So that was something that for me it was exciting and it was very challenging. And of course, the weddings, uh, like a lot of photographers, I got into doing them uh, just just to try see what I, you know, because I knew the money can be good. So I thought, well, you know, this this might be somewhere to start right now. And, and I didn't charge a whole lot, um, but I did go out and provide a pretty good service. I, I even think my first wedding, if I look back on it, it really was pretty solid because I think that I had done my preparation. Um, and I think I charged accordingly, to be completely honest with you. But again, um, I think the I think for me, uh, you know, 90% of my business is portrait work, weddings, you know, uh, uh, seniors, high school seniors is a big market in my area. Um, you know, I, I've i gotten to a point with my business where I don't have to work a whole lot, which is great. I don't take on any more than about 15 weddings a year. Um, high school seniors, you know, I do, you know, maybe 15, 20 a year. Um, and it's all, I'm very selective at this point of where, of where I'm at with who I work with. So when somebody calls me to check on my prices or, you know, to talk to me about my business, I'm being, uh, believe me, I'm just as selective as they're going to be, if that makes sense. One of the things that that I always wonder uh, as far as people's journeys when they go from from just starting out to, to making it is that inevitably somewhere around around the corner or along the line, you, like, you've got to make some decisions and you've got to make some choices. And they're, they're usually almost always calculated risks. Like you just never know what the right answer is and and you just got to uh, do your best and, and make a decision and move on. And I was kind of curious, like, how do you decide when and how to take risks? That's a very 
very good question as well. Well, you got this down, Dana. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Learning yeah. as I go. Learning as I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 <laughs> fabulous. But well, you know, I, I let me say this. I I I grew up with my dad having car lots, tote the note lots, and. And I learned about taking risk very early on by watching my dad, who's a fabulous businessman, uh, you know, it, coming down to buying streamers for his lot, you know, just certain things he would invest that would really help, but, you know, they weren't big investments. You know, he might do something small, but it would bring him a fortune. And those are things that I learned early on. And, I've, of course, I applied that into my music career as well. And, 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 and it worked in music and it worked in photography. And it works in photography, I should say. Um, now, having said all that, I think the main thing is that you never want to do is put the cart before the horse. And that goes back to what I said about getting good at what you do before you start charging people. Because um, it really just cheapens the market when you do that anyway, and it's, it's, it's not a good thing. So, so, so for me, you know, you have to really look at each thing you're doing um, on, on a case-by-case basis. So, for example, you know, when it comes to upgrading your equipment, you have to decide, is this really going to help me? You know, where's this going to put me with my overall budget? And, and, and again, the kind of risk that I take are the, the obviously are, you know, low risk, high reward. And how do you know that you're going to get that? Well, I think the more that you live life and the more experience that you have um, and you kind of know where you're at in your career, you make, a, you make a lot of good choices when it comes to the investments you're going to make. But when starting out, you don't really know. So my suggestion is to the people that are starting out, wanting to invest in themselves as photographers, the first thing I would say, invest in knowledge. Invest in talking to people that know what they're talking about that aren't going to lie to you, people that are going to tell you the truth. And that's why Lisa and I hit it off, because I'd tell her very bluntly how I felt about some of the things she was asking me, whether it hurt her feelings or not. I told her, hey, I might hurt your feelings, but I'm going to be honest, you know, uh, in regards to your photography or anything with your business you know, uh, situations that you may have. And, and I think that's the – knowledge is, is king. And I think when you don't have any knowledge, a lot of – too many photographers pretend they have a lot of knowledge because they're insecure and, that, you know, and they, they know how competitive it is. But really, just be honest. Hey, I want to learn. You know, I don't know much, but I've got a lot of enthusiasm. Donate your time for free. Let the photographer know up front, look, I don't want any money. You know, be honest. Say, so I just want to help. And, and I want to do this, and, and, and I'm willing to do whatever you need me to do. If it's hold a light stand above my head for an hour, I'll do it. So does, that, does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, absolutely. Uh, but again, the, the, the risk that you're talking about, for me, uh, you know, when I was starting out, it was just, it was, a lot of it was equipment purchases. You know, uh, it wasn't so much about the advertising yet. It was more about equipment. And what I would do, and I would suggest any new photographer uh, looking to break in to kind of follow maybe what I did, you know, do your best to save your money and get a nice camera, you know, a decent camera, you know, a a prosumer level camera that has manual controls. Get some off-camera flashes Um, nowadays. You know, they have triggers. They've got, obviously, flashes now that have radio transmitters uh, or receivers built in, and you can have a lot of fun playing with off-camera light. You know, do those things, and, and, you know, don't get too much. Don't don't worry about having the latest and greatest, because really... Uh, it's not going to make that much of a difference anyway for most projects. So, you know, when you do make some money and you have a nice little paying gig, you make, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there, you know, save it and, and invest in that lens that you want. But again, you know, the like the L-series lenses that Canon makes, I mean, that's obviously all that I use now, but 
I, when I started out, I didn't. I couldn't afford those. I didn't think it was a good investment. But you see a lot of guys that run around, and they, want, they have to have that stuff. But it's really irrelevant to, to where you want to go. I mean, you, you know, you've got to start with knowledge. You've got to start with being, you know, great with people, great with lighting. You know, you've, you've, you've got to be confident in what you're doing. How can you present yourself to somebody uh, as confident if you're really not? I think the people are going to see right through that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, and I agree with that, and I, I really agree with the part about the equipment. You know, I, I've I've seen a lot of really, really good photographers do some amazing things with, like, disposable cameras and point-and-shoots and uh, and making the vision that they have in their head come to life regardless of, of the the equipment. Well, that yes, exactly. And, and it's funny because I was going to do a workshop um, – where I actually uh, went out and we, we use cell phones or we use just uh, standard phones just to work on composition, you know, without having anything fancy, just to kind of strip it down. And, and so you're right. I mean, equipment, if you don't know what you're doing, equipment can be, uh, you know, a detriment to your learning. Have you had any close calls where you almost went out of business or, or you had to think twice about photography? Um, honestly, no, no, I haven't. Because like I said, I started with, I started slow, I've built slow, and I've been methodical. And as you know, I don't know if you have a family or not, but when you have a family relying on you, you know, you really don't, you really don't have a choice but to stay on path if it's working. And I really, I, and I really haven't had any situations since I've started um, where, where, it's, where I've had those thoughts because, quite honestly, every year I've, I've pretty much uh, upped the percentage on my income with my business. Well, that's that's good to hear. You know, one of the themes that have been popping up as I've been talking to people is about relationships. And I'll, I'll tell you, when I started doing this, I didn't realize the that it would be such a large percentage of the conversation. And and just like that, you had said, and uh, and Lisa before you, like your relationship uh, has a lot to do with what you're doing as a professional or what you're doing just in life. And uh, and it makes some people, I think, more risk-averse than others, and I think it makes other people plan way more than others. Yes, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, it, it, I, th- I think about what kind of father I would have been, you know, as a 21-year-old man. I probably would have been terrible. I just wasn't mature enough. I didn't have any drive to uh, to be that, you know. It, but now I do. I'm, you know, more mature, and, and I you know, love being around my kids and being a part of their lives, and, and my business is going well. So, you know, like you said, that's a motivating factor to keep doing the right things, to keep stoking that fire and, and keep it growing. So, yeah, I mean, and, and then, again, there's people out there with a lot of ability that I know that are talented that could do well, but they've got jobs. You know, they've got a job where they're making, mm-hmm. you know, a decent salary and they don't want to walk away from it. But I, but they could do the same thing with photography and have and work less hours and, and have their own business and take vacations when they want to for the most part. But, again, it's a it's a difficult transition you have to be a certain personality, I think, to really make it work because you you have to be motivated to do it on your own. It's too it's it's too easy to go. Well, I don't want to work today. I don't want to work tomorrow. I'll take the whole week off. The next thing you know, you're behind to a point where you can't get caught back up. So, and as you know, in this business, you have to be self motivated, uh, or or you have no chance. So, what do you plan on doing next? You know, where do you where do you take your photography from here? Well, I actually have a. Believe it or not, I have a plan in place to shoot real hard for the next 15 years, and then I'm going to retire and probably just teach. 
and do workshops, travel around, uh, you know, do some do some things in Vegas. Uh, I was thinking about buying a house in Arizona down the line. So, you know, or even possibly Henderson outside. Uh, outside, that's where my wife and I were married, and we, we, we love it out there. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities out there for me to generate income. So, you know, I, I've got plans. But, again, right now the, the main thing is, to be completely honest with you, is I'm very satisfied with where my business is. Obviously, there's things that need to be uh, tweaked, and, and you're always working on, you know, easier ways to do things. Like one thing I will say, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Pixify, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I know you wanted to do that at the end, but Pixify is a, is a, is a system that controls your, uh, your business for you. Everything is in one location, and it's, a, it's been a godsend for me because it helps me, you know, kind of keep track of every client, what that client needs from me, where I'm at with that client. It's in, in that particular portal, I can send out invoices, contracts. I don't have to do anything. So I really just send them a link. They pick what they want. They sign the contract. It's done. There's no paperwork, nothing. So for me, the reason I brought Pixify up was because it's really gave me a whole new, uh, you know, whole new life in this business because I'm spending so much less time on business back-end stuff. And that, and, that, and that brings me to something, Dana, that's very important that I want to I want to say is that I've had a studio, been a part of a studio, with with a, with several people with lots of overhead, you know, and and I realized that we were working so hard to kind of to kind of pay those bills and to keep that studio open that a lot of clients were getting the short end of the deal when it came to our skills. So that was the, that was one path that I did that 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 I went down that pretty much formed who I am today. I realized that after going through that, having a studio, doing those things, that that really wasn't for me because I'm an artist. I'm not, you know, a cookie-cutting, a cookie-cutter studio, if that makes sense. So now we do everything out of the home. I've got a home office. I've got a, I got a, a large-screen TV, high-resolution TV setup. I've got banners, pictures all over the office, products. People come to my home. They get wine. You know, we have a good time, you know, if, or, or whatever it is they they're thirsty for but but i've stripped it down i don't have all those employees i have a couple you know i have five or six assistants that i pull from and then i have uh people that i you know allow to work on my albums you know from time to time my wife actually helps with some of that as well and she's very very creative and talented actress so she's she's got that creative gene so she's actually better at me at the albums but well that's another story but anyway so (laughs) does does that kind of answer your question yeah yeah, it does. Yes, spot on. So, so uh, in the the spirit of of paying it forward, uh, I got a couple questions that maybe can help other people who may not be as far along as as you. Uh, maybe they're just starting out or somewhere in the middle. You know, like, do you have any uh, any major lessons learned that that pop out in your head? Any any lessons? Yeah. Um, well, in regards to my 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 feedback's going to kind of come from my experiences obviously in the in the portrait world but you know one of the things that that i've strived to do is and i know this is difficult but when you're starting out you you have a tendency to want to be a a glad hander or a, or what we call a yes man or and you want to you bend over backwards so hard to please your client uh, to a point where it becomes very obvious to that client that that you're nervous, that you're not that secure in what you're doing, and you're going to do whatever they want you to, you want you to do. At the end of the day, what that does is that that client 
is going to have a little bit of doubt in your abilities when they sense that from you. And I know that's a growth process, but one of the things that I've learned in a lesson is to is, is build that relationship with that client, uh, you know, from the beginning on our, on our mutual respect. So that, that comes again to where I said that we profile, you know, our clients. I want to make sure that, I'm gonna, that they respect who I am and what I'm doing and my visions. And I want them to know that I respect whatever that whatever it is that they want in regards to the directions of their uh, their photo shoots. So, again, I don't get taken advantage of very often anymore because uh, the people that I work with realize that I have a certain amount of respect for myself and my business and what I do, and so therefore I have a lot less nonsense to deal with because of it. So people that would be more apt to kind of try to get something for free or to give you a little bit of gruff. I don't usually get that, and that, and, and again, I was too nice up front, and I think it's okay to do the right thing, and doing the right thing is a whole other, whole other uh, field of conversation because my idea of the right thing might be different than yours, but, it, but the thing is, in all reality, the right thing is the right thing. So if it's pretty easy to figure out, and I can give you a good example, and this you're gonna like this. Um, I just did a, a portrait shoot for two police officers that are getting married. Um, in fact, they were just married this last week, a female and male, um, and they met on the force, and and so they, they commissioned me to do their wedding engagements and bridals. Well, as you know, police officers, are, you know, they're a different breed. They're very serious. Um, they have to be on guard. They're, you know, they have a pretty heavy job. And so, you know, they wanted to do a few shots in their uh, in their uniform in front of their car, and, and I had strict instructions to Photoshop out the logo off of the vehicles before I posted the photos. Well, after the session was over and I had some time to edit the pictures, I was excited, wanted to post a few shots, and, and so I Photoshopped the logo out like she asked me to do, and we posted the shots and uh, put them up on a few different publications, and, and it got back to her that that they were up and she ended up calling me really mad and and she was very on fire and said that I told you not to post those photos and she was livid you know uh, and I and I said very very calmly that well I'm sure you did ask me not to post those photos but I did not hear you and when I'm being uh, you know when I'm being creative and I'm doing my job sometimes people say things that I don't process you know, I'm a very creative guy, and sometimes that's what happens. I said, and I, all I can do is apologize. And she still wanted to keep going. And I said, look, I said, you've already told me you're upset, that you don't like the fact that I posted the pictures, and I should have known better. I said, all I can do at this point is make it right for you later. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out, and I'll make sure that you're compensated for this problem. I said, but, I, you know, I, I had to tell her straight up that I don't really need to hear about it anymore. You've told me you're disappointed, and I apologize. And so uh, maybe that story there, even though it's a little bit scattered, kind of gives you an idea of kind of what I'm talking about. You have to be strong in who you are as not only a person but a photographer um, to be able to handle retail clients. Well, that that actually is pretty good uh, advice just in life, I think. I, photography or not, I think uh, a lot of times things can escalate and – uh, it's the, the calm de-escalators that get to the root of the problem that, uh, uh, that succeed. And I think that sort of attitude in business kind of, uh, can succeed as well. Exactly. It's 
not about it's not about me being better than anybody or them being better than me or any of that stuff. It's just about doing the right thing, and and nobody should be taking advantage of anybody. You know, it should it's there's a fine line between being and and having a great rapport and asking how you how's your mom, you know, those kind of things, you know, the small talk, and then the business side. You've got to know kind of how to teeter that line to be successful. And that, that's that's some of the things that I go over with some of the people that I that I mentor that I help is that you know you you've got to quit you know giving in you you're giving in to these people and, and and once you give in believe me they're going to take you another ten miles some somewhere else down the line within your relationship within that working relationship so you don't necessarily want to give in if it's not necessary you know you have to you have to be smart and it comes that comes with life experiences like you said. You kind of realize, well, yeah, maybe she did say it. You know, maybe the the, the and, and maybe I should have been paying better attention, and I didn't. And so I'll compensate her some way, you know. And 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 that's giving her maybe a thirty percent discount on a big print or a big canvas, you know. Uh, and, so, and and in that situation, sure, the studio still makes money, but you know, and she's happy, you know. And, and that's re- really that's understanding your product line and understanding your business inside and out, so you can do those things. Eric, what has been the best advice given to you? Well, the best advice, that's a good question. Let me think here for a second. Um, probably probably in regards, I'm going to have to go, uh, you know, in regards to weddings. Um, you know, the best advice to me was, again, goes back to the lighting, was to understand how to manually control your camera very well. So you can, you know, you can slide in and out of you know dark areas to to bright sunlight you know and you can and, and you know what to do very quickly so you're not fumbling and you're in overexposing photographs so somebody said hey you better you know when I was starting out they said you better you better get quick when it comes to changing your camera settings because you know if you're shooting weddings you don't have a lot of time to think you've got to be able to get on automatic pilot and know what your settings are going to be when you get before you even walk outside so if I'm heading outside you know I'm already getting I'm already stopping down if if I know I'm not, if I'm doing a group, I know I'm gonna, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm stopping down to F, F11 or whatever, you know, and I know that I'm going to 100, and and I know that I can, you know, I know how how much light I need to kind of, you know, make that make that group pop, you know. So there's there's just a lot of things. I mean, the lighting for me was a big thing, uh, to kind of know that I needed to focus on those things for my business as, as a, you know, as a high end wedding photographer. I knew that I had to be a master. At, at these situations, but again, I could, the list is a mile long. I mean, you know, in regards to good advice. What advice do you have for those who are just starting out? Uh, again, you know, if if you if you're just starting out and you really, you know, are interested in taking on photography as a business, I think you need to be prepared for a long journey. I think you need to, you, uh, again, keep your side jobs. You know, keep your day job, work on the weekends, you know, read, you know, read as much as you can, you know, enroll in some classes, you know, if you have any local classes that you can do, take workshops, uh, you know, from photographers, uh, that way you can learn skills, because without the skills, you know, you really don't have much of a chance to be, you know, uber successful because you're going to blend in if everybody else it's like i always i always uh you know 
say that, you know, natural light photography is beautiful. You know, it's great to go out in a field and use natural light and use reflectors. And there's a lot of people that's all they do. And I'm sure you I'm sure you know and you agree with that. I mean, there's obviously a lot of photographers that only use natural light, and that's what they're good at. But at the end of the day, you've got to be more well-rounded than that. You have to understand how to manipulate that light. What if you go out at high noon and you're in the field and we've got hard shadows under those eyes caused by the brow, by the forehead? What do you do? You know, how are you going to fix it? Are you going to put the light at a 90 degree or 45? Are you going to put it, you know, a camera position? Are you going to flatten that subject's face out? How are you going to handle it? What's the best way to handle it? And, and again, there's no great answer because it depends on the subject and what, what they look like and their, their face shape and, and the size of their nose. I mean, just all these things. It's, 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 I will say this, Dana. Um, to me, to, to be a, a, you know, a master in your field, um, you really, it's no different than being a doctor or lawyer. Uh, you go to school for you know, medical school for you know nearly a decade or whatever it may be, ten years, and and uh, that's the same thing with photography. You know, it's it's a, I don't think it's any different. You have to work just as hard at studying and working with people, paperwork, lenses, apertures. You know, uh, just fall off with lighting. All these things need to be worked on constantly before you even really have a chance to to make a good living. I'm just talking about portrait work. It even applies to commercial product, but you really have to master it. And to master it is a lifelong process. And I don't think that's where, I think that's where most people fall short in their knowledge is they think that it's easier than it is. And I'm here to tell you that it's not. Where can people find out more about you, who you are, what you do? Well, um, my website is Eric Yunkin, and that's E-R-I-C-Y-O-U-N-K-I-N, photography.com. Um, also, you can go to my Facebook page from there. Um, again, you can uh, – I'm, sp- I'm a sponsored photographer, um, a company called Photix, um, uh, photography specialist. They make radio triggers, lights, all kind of cool stuff. Cutting-edge technology at a, at a very good price for a lot of starting photographers – I'm one of their sponsored photographers, and a lot of work that they use to promote their uh, promote their products around the world are, are, are pieces that I've sent to them using their equipment. So a lot of my stuff is all over the world. Um, so I get a lot of, like I've got you know nearly 10,000 10, followers or likes on my Facebook page, and a lot of that has come from overseas business, uh, people that, like I said, that have, have, have become my fans that, that know my work from Photix. And again, there's... Uh, there's also, I've worked with Dada Color, uh, Spider Calibration Systems, uh, Roke Flash Benders. There's a lot of companies out there that, you know, because of, you know, like I said, because I've been in the business for a while and my, I've, I've developed a, a strong reputation as, as you know, uh, an innovator. I've gotten some pretty, pretty sweet, you know, kind of endorsement uh, sponsorship deals. Well, Eric, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Man, I appreciate it. And I, and I hope that, you know, me being very direct didn't come across as uh, you know too overpowering there, but I do think it's important to hear the other side of things because it's not an easy business to get into, and and it's it's definitely you, you've really got to focus hard and it takes a lot of years.